Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. We're really trying to grow the podcast and podcasts typically grow by word of mouth. So if you got a friend or family member who might be, might be interested in this podcast, please shoot them a link so they can hear it and hear the good word of health and fitness. Now let's get to the show. And we're back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here coming to you in the Flowwood Studios with Caleb and Tyler. And today we're going to talk about something that is very, uh, in my opinion, one of the most important things and something that I have seen firsthand in my life and I've seen it in countless others. And that's how to be a health and fitness example for your family. Uh, a lot of us uh, start working out, start training, start being healthy uh, for ourselves because you know, maybe we want to lose weight, put on muscle, look better. Uh, maybe we're doing it to get better for sports. All those, you know, there's a million different reasons people start. But what we see as you get into it more and more is that you become an influence uh, for your family, and you can have an immediate influence on your your parents, on your siblings, on your kids, um, and also your coworkers, your friends. Lots of different areas, and we've seen it so many times where one person starts in the gym and kind of becomes a, a change. Uh, in their whole family, and it can be a generational change in health and fitness, and so something that that I am very, very passionate about, and uh, I know you guys are as well. So we're going to talk about tangible steps on how to become an influence on on your family. I think one thing that I'm interested in talking about too is why it's also really hard, and why the journey is not easy to become that role model. Uh, so that's that's one of the things that is very applicable. Is like sometimes we don't see that we are becoming a role model because it's not like everyone is always just throwing out compliments. Uh, and so I think sometimes it's a little bit of a delayed, a delayed effect of realizing the impact that you're having. And sometimes you may never know the impact you're having. And so when it comes to being a role model for health and fitness, I think ultimately, you know, we want to talk about some steps to, uh, also thinking about what happens if you feel like you're the only one or what happens if you feel like, you know, everyone is, uh, almost sees it negative. Your your decision to um, invest in your health and your fitness through your time and your money. What happens when that's also a negative thing to your family at at the time being? And how can you push through? How can you maintain the course? Um, and then tell some stories of ways that we feel like uh, and things we've heard through the years of the impact that people have had just as an encouragement in that too if you're in that place. Well, something I think we can all agree on is for the most part, um, as far as society goes and society's expectations and society's habits um, as a whole, especially in the state of Mississippi, for the most part, the, the cards are kind of stacked against us um, from, a, from a young age. Um, a lot of Mississippians, and speaking for myself included, was not raised necessarily with um, health, fitness, longevity as the goal of decision making. And so when we start making those decisions uh, for, number one, ourselves, um, a lot of people, I kind of hear this sometimes, is like they think they're being selfish in making these decisions for themselves. Um, and at the end of the day, like that is not selfish it's actually it's the opposite it's the opposite right so if you're if you're helping yourself become healthier and fitter uh creating these habits then you're going to have a lasting effect on those around you and 
Um, if you're listening to the last podcast, um, something word that we brought up, a phrase we brought up that's kind of been sticking with me is generational health. Um, and it starts with one person, one branch of the tree, one family member, one friend. Um, and you just have no idea who's watching. And so, you know, if you're making decisions to positively impact your health, like you said, Caleb, like, like, yeah, at first, like, you know, the cards are kind of stacked against us. Like it may be seen and viewed as negative, but what, you know, what we're trying to do here is make that the normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that um, I uh, speaking on the selfish portion real quick. I uh, I wrote wrote a article about this a couple of years ago, and it's on our website. But um, I you know we've I've heard that a lot over the years is that somebody is spending a lot of time at the gym working out, and their spouse or somebody else is saying they're being selfish. And I think it's the opposite because by investing in your health, you're allowing yourself to show up as your best version for your for your family. It's improving your um, capacity and your ability at work. Um, it's keeping you healthier, which is going to improve your quality of life and help you live longer. Um, and so to me, it is the most selfless thing you do to take care of yourself. I think it's selfish to not take care of yourself because you are saying, uh, I'm not going to be the best version of myself for everybody else around me. And so they are not going, you're depriving them of the best version of yourself as a dad, as a spouse, as a, as a coworker. And to me, that's way more selfish than uh, sacrificing the time and energy it takes to work out and uh, eat healthy uh, to make yourself a better a better version. Now, obviously, it can go to the extremes, and if you're spending four hours at the gym every single day and sacrificing your you know time with your family, yeah, that's that's another discussion. But if it's whether you're working out or not, or taking care of yourself or not, that to me that is a, that is the different. You know, it's the opposite. So, anyways, let's talk about. Uh, May, let's start by digging in on you guys. What has your, been your experience as far as being a health and fitness influence on those uh, immediate around you, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your parents, whether it's your siblings, whether it's your, your extended family, friends? Uh, what kind of experiences have you guys had in your, in your health and fitness journey? For, for me, there's, there's definitely been a, uh, I think, a change in what I viewed as fitness and what I viewed as the model because of the CrossFit, the competitive side of CrossFit. I think that for a lot of initially, just a love for exercise and how it makes you feel and how your body changes and how your mind changes and how much more positive, whether it's anxiety or, you know, a sense of, you know, anxious depression that you feel by not moving and by being sedentary. Um, some of the other health side effects and things of not digging into your health um, and not paying attention to all of a sudden you find fitness and for me it was very similar I think to a lot of people's story that find this kind of methodology of fitness of functional fitness is it really is like all right the go-to then becomes to I'm going to do a competition and I'm going to do these different things or I'm going to do these skills and I'm going to video it because it looks really cool and I'm so proud of myself for working hard like those are all amazing amazing things unfortunately sometimes what we I ended up feeling like I portrayed to everybody was a little bit more of that side that looked a lot more like a really cool hobby. Yeah. Like almost like, oh, you're into martial arts now. Like you can do like you can or, you know, whatever it is. Like to some people, it's like parkour. Like, yeah. oh, cool. You jumped over a bridge like, or, you know, you jumped off a bridge and rolled into it. It's like when people see you swinging on the rings, it just looks like a hobby. The initial 
connection isn't to life expectancy. It's not to um, how you feel uh, sitting at work after getting your heart rate up and having some intensity and how much more you can focus. Um, it's not the conversations you have with your friends about nutrition and, and getting around like-minded people. So for me personally, I think as I began to transition out of that, I thought it was so important to present a lot more of the, of the personal health side of what changes were happening in me and a lot less of the competitive drive um, that is also a good thing. And so that, I think, you know, to answer your question, Hunter, like for, for me, like as, until I started coaching people through nutrition and seeing the life change, it really wasn't then until I started thinking about like, you know, it's cool for me to send a video to my parents of getting to compete and they're super proud of me. But what's even more helpful is for us to, for them to ask me questions about, you know, oh, I hurt my knee or I've hurt myself what are some things I can do at home, you know, and showing my mom and my dad, like how to do air squats to the couch and just, you know, the importance of taking five minutes and just getting your heart rate up a little bit. My dad told me this, is the last thing I'll say, my dad told me the most impactful thing I ever told him in terms of nutrition was giving him the freedom to leave food on his plate. Yeah. Like he's he like 60 years old now. And it's like, just telling him, you know, it is okay. Like just to eat, to eat slow and not feel like that generational thing that you were taught since you were a kid that you've got to clean your plate. And so he told me that was one of the most impactful things that, that I ever told him. So that has been the transition I think is, um, being mindful of what I'm presenting. It's so cool. Like you never expect to be the the person to impact your parents, right? Like it's always, you know, expected to be the other way around. And I'll, I'll speak, speak to sort of that same note too. Um, for me, fitness for a long time was escape. Um, just a way to like take my mind off of whatever, situation problem homework didn't matter task ahead of me and to find a way to procrastinate now i feel like fitness uh the methodology the functional fitness that we're doing empowers me kind of like you're saying hunter like to increase that work capacity and to to be able to get more stuff done um i have been very diligent about the way i try to approach health and fitness with my family especially my my immediate family my mom my dad my brother um because we're raising a typical mississippi household right like fried chicken and great cornbread and all the good things that you could just possibly put on one plate taste wise. Um, definitely not for your health or, you know, health wise, but that's just all, you know, the family, our family has known being from around here. Um, and a, a big change that actually, um, I've noticed in the last year, you know, my dad's diabetic growing up, my dad's diabetic. Um, and so he would have to be really, really, really diligent and adamant about, um, keeping up with his A1C, um, got him an assault bike. Um, and he used to ride that, it was last year, um, he would ride that assault bike for just, you know, seven to 10 minutes every morning. Um, and I told him just go a little bit quicker every minute. Don't try to, you know, make it crazy. And just by adding some of that, that cardio aspect to his day, um, has helped with that tremendously with him to the point now where he's almost completely uh independent when it comes to his diabetes management which is just for me like over the years has just been so awesome to kind of see that develop um and now at almost 60 like he's back you know being on the tractor and and taking care of food plots and hunting and being able to do things that we've done growing up that he loved to do um and my mom recently this year actually has has started a weight loss journey and um has made some tremendous progress now she's not doing the programming here yet um and i I think 
I'm working on her. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big word. Um, but she has started uh, taking up some cardio and swimming with a group of friends. And so th- at the end of the day, I tell people this a lot, and this is something that I used to be super gung-ho about and um, probably burn some bridges on it. But, like, if you're not doing CrossFit, then you're never going to get in shape and get fit. At the end of the day, for some people, like, they need to start, you know, with what they can do, where they're at. And I've, I've learned that. That's been, for me, the biggest, I guess, like, kind of – over overcome as far as uh like helping my family goes it's like hey you don't have to start doing every single thing at once it's like one little step at a time makes a huge impact and and that's why you know we also that mirrors the the journey of the gym and that we now have options that uh in the class that are not what you would are not crossfit workouts you know they're not the crossfit methodology they're similar but they're different in that so they're a lot more accessible to lots of different types of people uh, for me personally, this is something that uh, honestly is probably my favorite thing about fitness um, is the involvement my family has gotten. And anybody that knows my family probably thinks that we're just this super health and fitness family, and that's just how we've always been. But that has, has definitely not been the case. We grew up playing a lot of sports, but our diet um, was not great. We did eat vegetables for dinner every night, which was great, and props to my mom for constantly doing that. Uh, but we would have, you know, we Sunday nights were pancake and sausage nights very consistently. And, you know, we would have uh, we would eat lots of different types of food and working out with, consistently was never in anybody's really um, like favorite thing to do. My parents always worked out and did different types of things and we worked out for sports, but it was never like a passion or, you know, part of our lifestyle by any means for for any of us until I started CrossFit in, in 2010 and I quickly fell in love with it, and I was going so consistently that it, it piqued my uh, my siblings' interest, and they started getting into it, and my dad got into it shortly after that, and then, you know, about a year later, my mom decided to get into it, and, um, and then it became a thing where we all did it together and held each other accountable, and it actually made us all get so much closer as a family um, through that. I was able to connect with my siblings in a in a much deeper way much more than i ever had before i was able to connect to my with my parents much deeper and now that's you know continued on to where my brother his his daughters are in kids class now which is so awesome for me to see them come to the gym and do do kids class and uh, my parents are still doing i was actually having a conversation with my dad last night and he he was like i i mean if you weren't my son i don't know if i'd if 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 i'd still if i'd still stuck with it this long and i was like well that's the power of accountability Um, and he was like, I mean, all the benefits are so great, but some some days I just don't feel like coming. And I was like, I mean, I get it a hundred percent, but you're so, uh, you know, you know, that we're all going to hold you accountable. That's what keeps you showing up and it keeps you able to work out in the yard all day afternoon, even though you're, you know, in your, you know, mid to late sixties and still feeling good and be able to do lots of things that you want to do. And so all that to say, um, that, that to me is probably the most valuable thing that I've gotten out of this whole fitness journey is the impact it's had on my family. And it becomes, like you said, generational because now my brother's daughters are that they're so used to being at the gym. It's not even like a thought of whether you're going to go to the gym or not. It's not even a thought whether you're going to work out or not. It's not a, not a thought whether you're going to make sure you're getting enough protein or eating clean or that type of thing. That's just what you do. And we see it with so many different families in Coyote and their kids are coming in and their kids are watching and they're uh, making up their own workouts in the corner and they're wanting to get their protein and they're, uh, when can I start doing the class? When can I go to kids class? I want to, I want to train for the kids competition next year. And they're growing up in a completely different environment than, than all of us grew up in. And so to me, that's so, so important. And, um, it's just awesome to see so many families, uh, changing, um, 
changing the narrative uh, for health and fitness inside their uh, the four walls that they live in. And, you know, every time a, a, a baby is born in the Coyote family, we send them a, a, a baby uh, onesie that has Coyote Fitness on it. <laughs> and yeah. I think we're going to send like over 20 of them this year, which is so cool to see. I sent two yesterday. Yeah, there you go. And so there's so many babies being born right now. And um, they're they're sporting the Coyote Fitness uh, onesie and their parents are sending pictures of it to me. And they're, you know, that's, they're getting, that. I think it also helps the parents realize that they're having impact on their kids and making them want to come to the gym and work out and want to learn how to do pull-ups. And I want to lift weights when I get older and that type of stuff. One of the things I think is good to, that we can talk about is like, what are the things that you're modeling and what are the things that are, that we have seen people be impact their family and their friends with the most? Um, and so I don't know if you guys have thoughts on, you know, what it is that you think we should be modeling. How do you, how do, what does it look like to model that? I think, you know, for me, the first thing I think about when it comes to like a model is someone who uh, does something consistently. And so when we put such an effort and emphasis on celebrating attendance in the gym and consistency, uh, to me, the thing that sticks with people the most, like with a kid, the thing that sticks with them the most is the thing you did every year. Every summer we went to this. Every Christmas we did this. We watched this movie. Um, so for for us, I think it's it's not necessarily about these short sprints of these crazy things that we do, but it's like, what did we do just day after day, month after month, year after year? Um, you just remembered, I mean, having vegetables every night. I remember the same thing. I remember my mom making us a smoothie in the morning. Um, and just with the education that we had at the time, you know, in 1996, like, yeah. what do we know about nutrition? Doing the best to try to keep up with it. And so I remember the effort that my parents put into, into those things. And so now, I think about what are the things that I want to model for for my kids and what are the things that I think I'm modeling for my family right now. And the first thing is not that I think of is consistency. Yeah. It's not performance. Your kids are not going to necessarily remember the time that you did for Fran or your Karen time. But what they're going to remember is like every day after school, mm-hmm. getting picked up and going and sitting at the gym for a little while while your parents worked out. Yep. So consistency, I think, is the easiest thing to model because you don't have to perform and it doesn't matter how much sleep you got. It doesn't matter what your effort level was when you got there. It's just that you went and you made it a priority in the winter, in the fall, when it's cold, when it's hot, when it's dark outside, when it's light outside, you just made it a priority. Consistency to me is is at the top as well. And when you uh, when you related it to performance based, it just reminds me so much of growing up and uh, played lots of different sports and play with kids whose dads and parents put so much pressure on them to perform every single year. And it was all about, did you win? How did you perform? Did you make the all-star team? That type of stuff. And by the time they were in high school and college, they were completely burned out and didn't ever want to play that sport again. And uh, so my wife and I have talked a lot about that, about we want to encourage them to work hard, our, our girls to work hard at whatever they decide to do, but not putting this unreal pressure on them to perform and and win everything and come home with all these trophies and if you don't win you you fail or that type of thing we want to encourage the consistency and the hard work of showing up and learning those lessons of i want to get better at this because i want to get better at it and so i'm going to put the work in but not putting pressure on them to 
um, if they don't, you know, achieve their goal, then they're a failure. And so, uh, yeah, I think, I think celebrating the hard work that it's really hard to show up to the gym every day. It is, it's hard for everybody. It's hard to, man, I had a long day at work. I really don't feel like going to the gym. Things are really busy right now. I really don't feel like making time to do it. And so that's why we want to celebrate the consistency and the commitment that comes day in and day out for so many of our members who show up every single day or four days a week, five days a week, every single week. And they model that to their kids because that ultimately is what leads to success and you achieving whatever goals you want is showing up consistently and not, you know, these unrealistic sprints of I'm going to dig deep and work out for three hours a day for six weeks to get ready for this competition and then just completely fall off the wagon for two months, you know. That's so interesting that like the y'all's two answers sort of speak to your personality and kind of the way that in the positions that y'all have within Coyote Fitness, like Caleb's is consistency. And, and, you know, I know something that like, you know, you've done a really, really good job of is, is influencing like the other coaches to be consistent in the, their roles. And like Hunter, it sounds like yours is kind of more so around like encouragement um, and, you know, keeping a realistic view of expectations. And whenever I think of, um, you know, what, or at least the way that I immediately think about modeling fitness is sort of speaks, I think to my personality a little bit and that's influence. And it's like, I think a model is someone who's confident enough in the actions that they're doing to be able to tell somebody else about it and have the ability to talk to somebody that, and this is just for myself, like the ability to talk to somebody that maybe knows nothing at all about what you're doing and a way to relate it to someone who wants to get started with it, which is why I'm so passionate about, helping people get started in that initial decision making of getting started with something that's going to impact you know themselves and and their family um so so i think it's interesting that like we go you know the answer to that question kind of speaks to the roles that we're that we play um within the organization um and so if there's anything that i can do is have a conversation with the total stranger um And if there's anything that I can talk about, it's something that I'm passionate about, which is, you know, making decisions to be healthier um, and to make that a initial like that initial step is something I I like to kind of focus on. I've always leaned more towards leading by example than like telling somebody this is what you should do. Now, obviously, I've done that from time to time, um, but I lean more on uh, this is what I'm doing. This is really working for me. um, And as you know, I do it so consistently that other people start to see and ask questions about it. And then I'm able to, you know, talk to them and speak to them. And I think that's kind of how I went with my family. When they got started, they saw, they saw me going to the gym every single day and changing my diet and talking about, I'm cutting out sugar because I want to decrease the inflammation uh, that I'm getting in my body and my body's changing and I'm loving it so much and talking about my workout and that type of stuff when it starts piquing their curiosity and they want to they want to go and see what it's all about and so I've always leaned leaned into that that role as far as I just want to model to everybody else uh, the way I feel is the best way to proceed in health and fitness and this is what it's done for me this is how it's changed my life and you know when you really believe in something so deeply other people can pick up on it and then they start asking questions and then you can really say well what are you doing right now how is that working for you um what 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 do you feel needs to change and and you know this is what worked for me that type of that type of conversation what's great about the unique opportunity we have is that we get to hear the stories from four different coyote gyms every single day and we are also in an opportunity where we're in a place where 
we get to share the stories of other people and we get to not only share our own experience in like what you're talking about, all those people that come up and say, Hunter, you know, you've been doing this a long time. What, what, what can I do? Or what's my answer to this question that I have? Or how can I do this? But, you know, now we're stepping into a place where we're experiencing growth to a point where now we get to share the stories of the people that we're leading into that. And yeah. so it's like this exponential effect of, all right, now we get to say, well, this is what I do too, but this is what someone who is a lot closer to you right now, yeah. this is what they did. So we just get, and that's why I think it's a shame. That's why like I always take time every day to share something that I'm learning from working with so many, you know, over a hundred individual monthly meeting after meeting after meeting nutrition clients or 500 plus Beachbody Challenge participants. Um, we get to share those stories now. And so we get to speak for it from our personal experience, but also, you know, in the hundreds of interactions that we have every single day. So there's no one that's outside of our experience or that isn't, we have a, we have an example of someone who is almost in the exact same solution or place that you are. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's go dig into that experience a little more. What are, what are the things you're seeing or people talk about? They have the biggest pushback as far as from their immediate family or friends when they are trying to change their health and fitness routine. And what advice do you give those people when they are getting uh, some pushback? It's money. I, yeah. I mean, the the number one thing is it's money because money represents our time. It represents our effort. And it's very precious to us because it provides for our kids. It provides, it represents all the hard work that we put in very most of the time. And so for, for every one of our members to make the initial investment to pay for a place where they can get value, where they can get a coach, where they can find community that's supportive, and then to make the investment to to start changing instead of buying the macaroni and cheese, it's buying a little bit more expensive two pounds of lean meat for your family. Um, it's it's deciding that you on the front end are going to invest and then doing it consistently enough to where you see the change and then all of a sudden the light bulb you know, comes on and you're like, oh my gosh, I can see it right now. My friend just told me at work mm -hmm. that they can see that I've lost weight. I feel better. I have less inflammation. I'm getting sick less. You know, all these things that is a like yesterday, literally within 24 hours, I promise you, we had a client come up to me and say, my family gives me a hard time about how much money I spend on the gym. Every one of them is a type two diabetic. Every one of them is obese. Every one of them has, has trouble with their health, but they believe that it is just a part of our family. Mm -hmm. It's just what we do. We, you get overweight as you get older, you stop being able to move. You have health issues. You go to the doctor all the time. And she's like, they give me such a hard time. I don't make a ton of money. I put my, I make this investment every month and I've lost 20 pounds and I feel so much better. My entire life has changed. It is the best thing that I've ever done in my life. That was just a conversation I had in passing with someone as they walked out the door yeah. and I complimented how well they looked. And I said, how's your nutrition coaching going? And she said, oh, it's been amazing. She could not stop talking. So we literally get to do this every day. And that's yeah. why we're on the podcast and we're all like, we're posting social media tips and just different things that we see because we are surrounded by it all day long. I mean, you nailed it. I mean, that, that it is at the end of the day, the biggest pushback um, is, is the investment piece of that. And here's something that if you're on the border there, and this is something that um, I was actually told one time in this, um, I heard this and it makes so much sense is, um, you know, you're going to pay the price for this opportunity one way or the other. 
and it's going to happen now or it's going to happen later and it's either going to happen now in a good way or later in a bad way okay so if a gym membership is you know x amount a month um and plus nutrition coaching is x amount a month and a bag of protein is x amount a month and lean meat is x amount a month the money that you're investing and putting into your health and fitness now is going to pay dividends for you later. Mm -hmm. The money that you do not put into that now, you are in one way or the other due to how our bodies and how the world works and how our health will deteriorate over time if we don't try our best to prevent that. You will pay for that one way or the other down the road, whether it's in uh, medication, whether it's in doctor's office visits, whether it's in, um, you know, uh, surgeries and those type of things. Lost time. Yeah. You're going to pay for it and lost time. I'm literally like in the middle of posting uh, a graphic today about the life expectancy and Mississippi in 2023 is 50th in in the United States in life expectancy. We have nine, 8.8 years less life than people who live in Hawaii. Yeah. Now there's, there's so many factors in that. And so we're not just boiling down to joining Coyote and giving us money. Like we realize that we sell a product. We, you know, so it's not just about money and all that, but like it truly is. We never sell to people who aren't in the market for what we do. And when that's, when that's the tagline for everything that we do, it gives us the freedom to, when someone comes to us and says, I am in the market for this, then we can begin that journey and so it really comes down to like you said some of those measurements like eight years of life when you're in your 70s like what would you not pay to get eight more years of life it's it it, we just want to tell the stories of people who are getting the thing that people often are coming to us and asking about so yeah number one is living longer but number two is quality of life what if you were able to add two more years to your working life because you have the energy and the ability to go to work and you don't have to retire early. Well, that's two more years at, let's say you're making $50,000 a year, two more years, that's a hundred thousand dollars extra you could make in your life because you have the ability to do so like that, like being able to extend the, uh, you know, your quality of life as well as the quantity of life is priceless because, um, you know, there's so many different things that go into it and you could go to, you could find the richest person in the world, who is sick and on their deathbed and has a month left to live, I guarantee you they would give all their money away for an extra year or two. Um, and so that you just can't put it, quantify that or to be, to feel better. You find a super rich person and they are bound, you know, they can't walk because they have diabetes and, yep. and they're, they're about to lose their foot or whatever it is. And they just can't even enjoy life. They can't enjoy the money that they have because they feel so bad. And so I think we just take all those things for granted. Well, let's finish with something tangible. Let's say um, somebody has listened to this and they're getting into their health and fitness or they really want to have an impact on their family and and really try to create that generational health um, with their spouse, with their kids. Let's let's give them three uh, tangible takeaways uh, for advice as far as how to start that process. Number one, it's walking. I mean, it's walking walk the door. Walk. Yeah, yeah, walk, walk in the door it for him for sure. It's it's show up. Um, and I tell I tell people this all the time. Like, uh, the the hardest part is the initial walking in the door. Um, and every day is not going to get necessarily easier, but it should feel more natural and normal. And so the very very first thing is click the link. You know, uh, take the uh, offer to bring a friend week. You know, just show up for you know, on a Saturday morning because you have some time off and you know that there's working out going on. Just walk in the door for the first time. And with that, I would say 
you have to make up your mind that I am going to be that example for the, for for my family, no matter what it takes. I'm going to walk the walk, and I'm going to make up my mind that I am going to model that, no matter what pushback I get, because everybody's going to get pushback when they f- first start. People are going to push back on you for trying to change. They're, you're trying to break out of the box that they have you in in their mental, uh, in their mind, and so they are going to push back because they don't they they feel comfortable with you staying the way you are, and so push back on that and say, you know what, I'm going to do this if you really want to and make up your mind that no matter what, um, I'm going to model this and I'm going to to draw a hard line in the sand on this particular uh, instance. Patience. Patience with family is, to me, what you guys are talking about is you deciding that you're going to do it and then you also at the same time realizing that every other person besides you including your kids, your spouse, are on a different timetable. And so we, we often have this conversation in nutrition when one, one member of the family decides that they've had enough and they need to make a change and the other people aren't on board yet. And so what you have to, you cannot make those decisions without also acknowledging that you're going to have to be patient with those around you and not expect them to be on the same journey that you are. And so patience is, uh, is that I think that helping your family and kids understand that excess doesn't mean that you get more value out of your time. And so I think that's a nutrition kind of gear or a nutrition based, um, principle that it doesn't have to be excess to be enjoyed. And I think every parent would want their college kid to understand that with alcohol like you don't have to get hammered to have to be able to be 21 years old and to be able to responsibly drink alcohol right i think everybody if your kid was like guaranteed never gonna just get absurdly drunk like you would be like sign me up like i'd love for my kid to be graduating college and (laughs) be able to like have a drink and then go to bed at the right time but we sometimes just naturally (laughs) we yeah it's not how it works there's a reason why we're in an epidemic of obesity because excess is really good to us and it feels really good in the moment so when you can model um the correct amounts of food that's something that you can do every day is is helping your kids realize that you can set the correct quantity because the world and what what mcdonald's is selling you and coca-cola is selling you is a lot more quantity than what your body needs and so you can model that by just um you know being content with a small scoop of ice cream and not having to get the you know the three or four scoops of ice cream uh that can be a way to live life and enjoy it but to also not instill those principles of excess means you get excess enjoyment yeah that's good so uh number one is decide that you are going to be that person in your family um, and then model that for them. Number two would be patience and having patience and not, you know, forcing it down their throat, but, you know, having patience and understanding that everybody has their own timeline on making changes. Uh, number three is uh, modeling not not excess. What would be the opposite of that? Temperance? Yeah. Del- uh, Enjoyment and moderation. Moderation, moderation. Temperance, yeah. Yeah. What else? Anything else you guys want to throw in there before we wrap it up? Um, this kind of goes to that first part, but it's just like the willingness to learn. Um, a lot of times I think people come in with a uh, with an already like preconceived notion of number one how it's gonna go and number two what it's gonna take and I think if if we can if anything as as coaches and leaders 
model that we're always continually trying to learn and grow um, than the person that comes in that is wanting to learn more about the journey and, and how to continue and improve their journey. Um, I would say just committing to yourself to that thought, like I'm here to learn, to grow, to get better. I'm not already there and it may not happen at the time frame that I want it to, but it's going to happen. Do you know how like a karate kid, this is something everyone can relate to. There you go. Miyagi didn't talk a ton. Yeah. You know, he wasn't out there talking. He, he taught lessons by allowing other people to learn. And so if you're wanting to set a role model, like, and this is coming from people talking on a podcast and someone who posts something on social media every day, but sometimes the best thing, the thing that we naturally want to do is tell other people what we're doing and tell them about how great it is and tell them why they should be doing this. And sometimes the hardest thing is just to like be patient and mm -hmm. ask them questions yep. about what they want instead of telling them about why your gym is the greatest gym ever. It sometimes is like, well, what do you want? Oh, okay. That, that helps me a lot. Like this is something that I also wanted that thing. And this yeah. is the solution that I found. And so when you have those conversations and want to get fired up and we sometimes just want people to know the joy that we found or the happiness or the health that we found, sometimes it's, it's best received by that person when you ask good questions. Sure. That's great. That's a really great discussion. And I think we, we gave people a lot of takeaways and uh, just on how to help to change your family and give you generational health. Because to me, uh, and this might be, you know, people might disagree with this, but I, I would rather give my family generational health than generational wealth um, because yeah. I know it's that important. And so um, that was uh, that was awesome. And, and hope you guys got some good takeaways from that. But let's move on to the next segment outside the box. Nice. So. Uh, what you guys got going on uh, outside the box? Um, got a couple of close friends getting married in the next few months um, right. towards uh, August and September. And so really excited to be able to celebrate that with them. Some friends that have been uh, in relationships as long as Cassidy and I have. And so it's really cool to be able to see that unfold for friends. Um, so uh, that's what we got going on next next couple of weeks. Um, some, some close weddings uh, or weddings to close friends that we'll be attending. Fine, fine. Uh, I'm going to take a day off. Uh, I'm going to take a couple days off, actually, in August. And Sarah and I are going to go to the beach. Uh, little baby moon. I don't know if that's a thing for everybody. We get the, we're very fortunate to be able to take three days and just get away. I very carefully, I think it's four days, but very carefully chose that amount of time because too much and I get antsy and I like yeah, yeah, can't yeah. enjoy it. I know you guys can relate to that, but uh, the perfect amount of time away. So we're thrilled about like... Uh, just getting some time together and me getting to, I guess, spend some time with Sarah and um, to just get the calm before the storm. Nice. That's really exciting. We uh, we don't have a whole lot going on. We got our baby shower. I talked about that uh, last week and just uh, working around the house and uh, getting geared up for uh, our two girls and then getting geared up for some football season and uh, looking forward to uh, the fall as the uh, the weather starts cooling down. So I love the fall. I love the fall, too. Best time of year. I've so, heard rumors that the weather is going to cool down, but... <laughs> it usually does by October, we'll maybe. We'll All right, so uh, you guys got anything to recommend before we wrap it up? Uh, the book we're reading this quarter, um, it's uh, Unreasonable Hospitality. It, yeah. it is... I'm a couple chapters in, and so far, um, I love to study like people that are really successful in their industries. Um, and so it's about hospitality and how... Um, the restaurant and how they, they built one of the best restaurants, um, you know, in the world, the best restaurant in the world at the time, um, and how they base it around hospitality and service. And so I think that's just a really cool, like you can relate that to anything that you do. 
I, 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 I second that. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to double down on the recommend Caleb did on the uh, Sean White documentary on Max. It was phenomenal. I loved it. I really like Sean White. I really like his family. It was very well done. Um, just a really interesting. And uh, if you like if you like sports, if you like documentaries, highly recommend. It's, uh, it's one of the better ones I've seen in a while. So the Sean White documentary on Max. Uh, something completely worthless. There's another TV show that we we went back and watched from 2015. Uh, it's on HBO Max. It's called The Nick, um, and it is about the beginning of surgery. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with House, just like you know, ran for a million years. Uh, drug addicted doctor. The irony of being a brilliant whatever. Well, kind of the same idea, but it's set in 1900 in New York, and it was like the first surgeons, and it deals a lot with uh, race, racial issues that were going on in New York City at the time. Um, a lot of the uh, just the culture, but again, just how surgery became a thing. Like some of the things that we know now, someone literally just had to try it on a random person and see if it worked. And this is like, this is a super intense show. It's very bloody, uh, but it was like kind of shocking, but it really, the thing that I came away with it, and I try to see things positively most of the time, but like this was, to me, I was just very thankful for like doctors and the, the modern medicine and the advancement of medicine. And honestly, like I know that what's crazy is even though it was a, even though it was a, like it's not a true story necessarily about that. The the beginnings of surgery and medicine and all that, like that had to happen. Someone had to decide to do that. And unfortunately, like a lot of people died in that process. And so to me, it was cool just to think about like how how good we have it, you know? And so anyway, it's a show, it's called The Nick. And uh, the acting is brilliant. It's like a 97% Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's, I it's remember, really I good remember when that show came out. I so, think it won, won a lot of awards. Um, so, uh, anyway, it's a good one from eight years ago. Surgery, not one of the things you want to be an early adopter on. So uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's it for this week. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. We will catch you next time. Sweet. Silky smooth sounds.